Hello and welcome to Weebspawn. We talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just use fans. I'm your host, Bobby. Today, once again, I'll be solo and we are going to be talking about Anno 1800. And as always, spoilers ahead. There's going to be a few light sport spoilers because I will be talking about the campaign mode during this. So one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Anno 1800 is it just released on console, or I'm not sure if it just released on console, but fairly recently just really got on console of the time of recording this, of April 16th. <laughs> but I digress. If you don't know, Anno 1800 is a building real-time strategy video game developed by Ubisoft Blue Byte and published by Ubisoft and launched on April 16th, 2019. This is the 7th game in the Anno series and returns to the use of a historical setting following the last two titles Anno 2070 and Anno 2205, this time taking place during the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century. Following the previous installment, the game returns to the series' traditional city-building and ocean combat mechanics, but introduced new aspects of the game such as tourism, blueprinting, and the effect of industrialization influences on island inhabitants. So, I'll be honest with you, I don't know much of the other Anos games. I actually was gifted this game by my co-host Joshua for my birthday, and I've been addicted to it for the past few weeks and just two weeks i think i've put in like 82 hours into this game it is so fun i always love city building base building survivalist games of uh, the combat that the ocean combat mechanics there's really not much to it so if that's something that you might be a little wary of uh there's really not too much to it you just kind of click it like hey this this ship goes to this ship it kind of does it everything on its own uh you can try to maneuver a little bit to dodge some cannonballs if you absolutely have to i think i had to do that like twice where i had to try to pivot around something because i was like a frigate versus a ship of the line which is the next uh tier up um so i had to do a little finagling but like other than that you normally just like watch your ships fight at least in my experience so as I mentioned before, Anno 1800 takes place in the 19th century at the dawn of the Industrial Age. And like other Anno games, Anno 1800 is a city building and strategy game. While it is set in the context of colonial trade, the featured architecture is Victorian era and the economic engine is a factory labor. The core gameplay of Anno 1800 takes place in the Old World, where the needs of the citizens, workers, and artisans are central to the magic management of production and supply lines so the old world that is purchased or is throughout talked here is where you are mainly going to be there are a few different worlds if you are just playing good old vanilla you know 1800 without the dlc this is primarily where you're going to be focused but there is a parallel place called the new world and that produces products that laborers in the old world want to purchase or that you can't make in the old world. So you have to establish trade routes. 
So essentially, once you get to the higher tiers, which I will go over in just a moment, uh, you're going to need stuff from the old or the new world. So you can't solely be in the old world and you can't solely be in the new world. You do actually have to rotate between the two of them. So it may sound complex to some first timers. And believe me, I, it, as a first time playing it, when I, I was like, I had no idea what to do. I, recommend, I honestly recommend the campaign. There is a story campaign to this. There's also sandbox mode, which is just like playing normally or playing the game just without the campaign. And then there they do have a creative mode if you want to just make cool islands and not worry about anything. One thing before I get to... Oh, there's also multiplayer mode. I haven't tested that out entirely i'm not sure how multiplayer mode works if like you are cooperative or if you can face off against each other uh how exactly that entails but i think it would be fun to play with my co-host but it is an expensive game i think without being on sales like 50 or 60 dollars um luckily i was bought uh during the match March Madness sale or whatever for like 15. Uh, I think it does go on sale. It usually goes on sale during those like big sales. So I'd recommend keeping an eye out for it. I mean, I think it's definitely worth the price tag. As I said, I've already put in like 85 hours into it. And I I haven't even technically, I don't think I've beaten the game. I'll go over that in a little bit. And I I still probably have a minimum another couple hundred hours. And that's without any DLCs. The DLCs add so much to this. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So one of the things that I guess is added that doesn't... I'm not sure if the others don't have. Because like I said, I don't have... I've, I haven't played the other Anno games. But this is just something I was uh, looking up. Is attractiveness rating. And that's something that isn't a main issue until you reach artisans. And like I said, I'll go over the tiers in just a moment. But if you have played this game or you know of it, you know what I mean. And that's when you get the morning pier, I think it's what it's called. Basically, it's just a pier that allows people to visit your island. And the more attractiveness you have, the more money it makes. And attractiveness can be through ornaments that you place, like trees, fountains, parks, stuff like that, or zoos and museums. Or there's a thing called like a world fair and other things that can boost attractiveness. And there's also things that can lose it, like pollution from like steel factories and everything like that. So it's nice to see that you have to balance more than just your like workforce. And also uh, one of the new additions is the blueprint mode is something that is it's very kind of like what it says, it's a blueprint. You can place something down and it'll have like this ghostly appearance. If you ever played like Tropico, uh, you might know what I'm talking about where you place something down and it kind of has like the silhouette or even like Sons of the Forest or a lot of other typical survival games where it'll show give like this 
ghostly appearance and then it's like oh bring eight stick and three logs and then it will magically go into uh, place here it's essentially the same thing you can go on blueprint mode and plan out your city before actually upgrading it and turning it into an actual building so now on to the city part real quick so there are certain tiers there's worker tiers which is like what your standard first tier is going to be your farmers essentially then you have uh it goes up from there you upgrade it once you have their needs fulfilled to workers then to artisans then engineers and finally investors each time you go up a tier you need different needs you d need different luxury goods to help them build happiness but you don't need to fulfill those all the time and also they unlock new and improved buildings you also go from wooden sailing ships to mechanical uh destroyer ships is like the max thing you can do but before i get too much into that i want to talk a little bit about the campaign because if you're new to this game like i was i highly recommend the story campaign uh, it starts you out and you get a pretty good island with a lot of fertility what i mean by that is in this game there is a lot of what's called fertility fertility in the islands of what you can grow like potatoes grain hops red peppers furs grapes and salt i believe is all the ones in the old world and each one you'll need at different tiers and then there's also clay to help you make bricks there's iron mines, coal mines, limestone, copper, zinc, gold, well gold's in the new world. I think, I think that's it for the ores and the old world. But essentially the campaign will help you, take you through it and I like it because it, you can kind of go at a slower pace so you can kind of learn everything as well because I played, uh, I have played the campaign and the sandbox. In the sandbox, you had to get to artisans to unlock expeditions, which unlocks the new world, which is the same with campaign, but it kind of slows it down a little bit. And at least in my campaign, uh, the one I did, I know I was pretty slow compared to what like I've seen on YouTube anyways. But when I went to the new world, I still had plenty of islands that I could settle because islands are a finite resource. When you start the game, you will be on one island, but you're going to need multiple islands. And you're not the only one out there. You'll have three AIs, up to three, I should say. If you do like custom settings, you can turn them off. But generally you play with three AIs, you'll have three a like neutral NPC AIs and then a pirate in the old world and then the new world you have another pirate so you have two pirates three AIs and I guess technically four NPC traders one in the th you'll have the three AIs the three NPC traders and one pirate in the old world and then in the new world 
you'll have a different pirate, one additional NPC trader, and then the other AIs could settle on islands in the new world as well. Now, if you play it in like sandbox, they can like pretty much take over almost all your islands. I haven't played a game yet where I haven't been able to at least get one island. So I don't know if you take really long, if you'll never get an island, but I've never, it's never happened to me before. But that's why I like the campaign. It kind of goes through step-by-step step of like how you should go and like how things unlock because you start out with uh, desolate land. Uh, it sucks a little bit because there's ruins in there that you have to clean up. It's part of the story. Uh, the story is your your sister writes you a letter saying your father has been in prison and killed for treason and your uncle has basically stolen what should have been yours, your island bright sands, and now you're kicked to ditch water. And you're essentially trying to find evidence to prove it wrong, which you actually, within the first few quests, you actually find evidence of like, hey, uh, something's up with my father, like there's something fishy going on. And because of that, you're able to go to the new world. But before I get onto that, uh, the game and the campaign, the first stages, you do learn about workers. You learn about their needs, how they need work clothes. And now this game is very much, uh, you have to think of production lines. So if you really like planning out cities and trying to get like maximum efficiency, this is definitely going to be a game for you. Or if you just want to make pretty islands, you could also do that. I've seen some people take a more designer approach to it and it still works. For instance, once you reach, I think it's like 50 population, you unlock fisheries. So you need to get unlock fish, uh, the fisheries to give your people fish because they workers need a marketplace, fish, and work clothes. But you can't get them all right away. You need to increase your population. And each workhouse can house about 10 people. But when you start out with just the marketplace, you can only have five people per house. You can't get a max 10 because you haven't unlocked their things. Once you build enough houses to reach 50, you unlock fisheries, which if you had those needs fulfilled, you will gain an additional, it's either two or three houses, two or three workers per house. And then once you get to like 100 or 150, you want to unlock work clothes. And then you can get the maximum 10 people in a house. And when you have max residency, that's when you can upgrade to workers. And then they get a whole new, well, they still need the same needs as workers, but then additional needs as well. But it also unlocks more faculties. So like workers need work clothes. And then if you look at work clothes, you need a wool farm, which is just sheep. And if you look, it'll say, oh, a wool farm. I think it's one minute. Maybe it's 30 seconds, but I think it's one minute. And it'll... It'll be, it's either 30 seconds or one minute produces one ton, which is like, it's just like one item, but they consider, they're called tons. Um, and then if you look at the work clothes, 
it takes the same amount one minute um, to make one work clothes, but you need one wool. So it's a one for one building. So for every wool farm you have, one wool farm will net you one work clothes and then boom, you're maxed out on wool. If anything else needs wool, you're gonna to need to make another uh, work farm. However, when you get to workers, the very next stage, if you look at clay pits, clay picks, you get clay every 30 seconds. But the brick makers, the building to actually, uh, that takes them to make them bricks, makes one every minute. So that means you're gonna, for every clay pit you make, you're gonna need two clay or two brick makers to perfectly use all your clay. And that's where you start getting into more complex stuff, the higher it goes. I think, I think the most complex thing it, in workers, trying, maybe either soap or bread. The reason I say that is because like for soap, you need a pig farm, which takes one minute. And then you need to change that into tallow, which is like fat, essentially, which also takes one minute. Oh, no. But then soap is 30 seconds. So I guess it's not that hard. You just need two pig farms, two tallow to supply one soap maker, at least so you don't run out of items to be at peak efficiency. Uh, I guess bread is a little more complicated because when you make grain or wheat, whatever, I think it's called grain in uh, the game, but it, it looks like wheat and everything, is one minute per ton, but flour is 30 seconds, but then a baker is one minute. So you need two wheat fields for one windmill or whatever, it, flour mill, and then for every one flour mill, you need two bakeries. So it's not terribly complex, but you get it. It's not the exactly one for one that everyone knows. But then you get to like, also in, in workers is weapon factories. Weapon factories, you need an iron mine, which produces one iron every 15 seconds. And at this point, you can only get a charcoal kiln, which produces charcoal at 30 seconds per ton, and which makes steel at 30 seconds as well, and to make one steel beam, and one steel beam at 30 seconds to make one weapon factory is a minute and 30 seconds. So none of it is equal. And I honestly don't know the exact precise way to make it equal but the one good thing this game really has is on its list there is a production menu and on the production menu you can easily see what you are either overproducing or underproducing because it will give you if you look at production you'll see two bars a blue bar and a green bar put it in simple terms you want your green bar higher 
or equal to your blue bar because your green bar is how much goods are being consumed and your blue bar is how much product you need or blue bar is how much you need green bar is how much you are producing my bad I, I, I said that backwards blue bar is what you need so if you are doing the weapon uh, making thing uh, weapons are considered a construction material because you use them to construct ships so if you look at it there will actually not be a blue bar and it will only show you a green bar so it's not the best example but just I wanted to show, tell you guys in case you are looking at this and you're like wait why is there no blue bar construction materials won't show you a blue bar because there's no way the game can know how much you're going to need because construction material is a construction material you could use as little as many as you need based on what buildings you're making however with that you can look at intermediate goods and that shows you steel so you could be making two tons steel a minute but only using one ton of steel with that knowing that you can thus make steel beams which is a construction material to help build like buildings and everything that also costs one steel per minute along with uh the iron and coal needed to make the steel which makes the steel into steel beams so then you know you can make a steel beam factory and a weapons factory with one forge i believe if uh i'm not mistaken you might need two but i think it's one for the sake of this let's say it's one because the one forge makes two stunts per minute and now with each one of these even though the steel beams makes the steel beams at one per minute and the weapon maker is a minute 30 per minute if you look at the production tab you can see that the little bar uh, may say two as well and the green bar says two but the blue bar is like slightly under that means you don't have to worry you will never run out of steel bars at least while making steel beams and weapons obviously if you make another weapon factory you're gonna over consume steel beams so if you don't have a surplus you're definitely going to run out eventually so it's something that you're going to majorly need throughout the game to constantly be looking over but it's really fun uh, it's really fun to do it because it, if you especially if you like efficiency this is definitely going to be a game you are going to like though some of the lines can be really confusing but that production tab is what's really going to save you next off we have like going to artisans they need a lot more engineers they have a lot more crazy production line but honestly there's plenty of youtube videos out there describing production lines uh, i'm also if you guys are really interested in that i could research it myself and do a whole episode on production lines or like maybe a mini episode or something on the production lines and all the like crazy efficiency uh, things if you guys would like. I don't mind doing some research, but I want to talk a little bit more about the 
more of the game than just that. Because like I said, it is also a RTS, real-time strategy game, with the other NPCs. So the other NPCs will also be settling islands. You also have diplomacy with them. For the most part, it is semi-easy to stay good friends with them. I've only ever had trouble, I think, with one NPC that I purposely didn't do. In one of my latest games, I had to go to war with someone because when you reach engineers, there's an item called spectacles that you need to get. And I thought I made, I thought I settled on enough islands that I would have everything I need. I made sure I had an island with fur, with grapes, with salt, with uh, red peppers, everything I would need for some late game stuff and mid game and everything like that. But one thing I didn't see after the five islands, I owned five islands. Five. Not a single one had zinc as a mineral. I had brass or copper, but no zinc. I needed zinc and brass or zinc and copper to make brass, which the brass plus glass would make spectacles. And spectacles are the very first thing engineers need and to try to boost up engineers without using spectacles is a very hard thing to do. So I had to declare war on someone to essentially destroy their island, take it over, and get the zinc that I needed to progress my game. But as long as you don't declare war, you are given quests by them every so often. And every time you finish a quest, you generally get anywhere between like plus two to plus five reput uh, reputation with them. You can also, uh, if you go on diplomacy, you have a op also a few different options. You can flatter them, which some NPCs really like, some are eh, and some like won't take it almost no matter what. But you gotta be careful because I tried to flatter some people and they gave me negative reputa <laughs> reputation instead of positive. You can also offer gifts, which is normally could be like 7k upwards. I had someone offer me 125k as a gift. Uh, the good thing is when you hover over these options, it will say likely, certain, near certain, medium high, medium low, low, zero chance. So it will give you like an option so you kind of know how you think you're going to fare doing this. But typically if you get them to be about like 60, anywhere between like 60 and 70, for the most part, there are a few NPCs, mainly the higher difficulty ones, that uh, don't necessarily give you the, or let you have the option of asking for a non-aggression act or a trade or tr yeah trade peace trade or there's peace treaty and trading rights that's what it is trading rights because you can't actually trade with them until you get trading rights it can be at peace trading and then alliance uh and alliance you could just got to be careful because if they go to war with someone else that you have an alliance with you can either choose a side or revoke both the alliance um i do it because a lot of times i will befriend the pirates you can actually make an alliance with 
the pirates or you can destroy them. I personally, I would, to anyone out there listening, if you're new to this game, welcome. And it, or if you're interested in this game, because it's so fun. It, it, I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in city builder games. But also, befriend the pirates. Because when you befriend them, get trading rights. I always try to bring them to alliance just because I like pirates. But once you get to trading rights, you can actually buy pirate ships. And they're actually stronger than their counterparts. So if you get a pirate frigate, it's actually going to be a little stronger than a regular frigate that you can create on your own. And it's and some of them are cool. I mean, a pirate ship with black sails is already cool. So to go over quickly, you get a schooner, which is just like a sailboat or a sloop, if you know what those are. And they typically have two cargo slots and one military slot. Uh, they're usually the very first ships you're going to make, and they're good just for like early trading and stuff like that. Then you can get a gunboat, which is, again, looks like a sloop, but it has only one cargo slot, but two military. And it can actually fire cannons, although it can only fire straight ahead. The schooner you get has no fighting capabilities. Then you have a frigate, which is like a three-sailed ship. That is uh, the second strongest military ship in the sailing ship class. It has three cargo slots and two military slots. The next ship you're able to get is the Clipper, which is going to be your heavy, your big trading vessel that you're probably going to use most of the time until you get cargo ships later on. Those have four cargo slots, but only one military slot. And by military slot, I'm, it's more like equipment slot, I should say, not military, because clippers can't get guns because a lot of the guns you can, uh, or items you can equip there, it will say like military only. But like what I like to try is there's an item for sales that increase movement speed and reduce cargo uh, weight as well because if you have a full cargo ship or full cargo on your ship they will travel slower so it's a little realistic like that and then lastly you have ship of the line which has three cargo slots and three equipment military slots ship of the line are like your standard ships you think of if you think of like pirates of the caribbean uh the black pearl those like the big flag or heavy ships because you actually do have a flagship. It has three cargo slots and two equipment slots. But it's actually stronger than a frigate. Um, I think the frigate, though, has more health. But it's actually stronger than the frigate. And is the first ship you'll always have. You'll always have a flagship. And if it happens to get destroyed, you can uh, get a new one for 5k. But those are your typical sailing ships. And then you get what? more different ships once you advance you get cargo ships oil tankers uh battle cruisers um i forget what they considered like the top one you can have like eight cargo slots and i think four military or equipment slots it's a beast Uh, there's also flamethrower turrets that you can get which you learn about in the campaign which is uh from before when I was talking about the campaign 
how your father was uh, caught for treason, uh, you learned the Pyromythians, I think is what they call them, were behind it, and they have flamethrower ships that you eventually end up in, in like a big battle with. Once you go to the new world, find out about this island that was sold to Isabel, uh, oh my god, I forget her last name. Uh, we find out through the campaign that our uncle, who exiled us to Ditchwater, was the one who forged our father's signature and basically framed him for treason. And when we finally get everything and show the queen, we go to Edmund to uh, get him on trial. The Pyramidians come and destroy the city and kill him along with it. And then we have this big battle. And then it's like, oh, Bright Sand is now yours. And that's as far as I got in the campaign because for some reason, my save got corrupted or something because every time I tried loading it, it would just crash the game. So I was like, all right, I will just go to sandbox mode and I'll have a little fun. I got up to engineers again and then someone declared war on me and I literally, oh no, I got to artisans and I found out I had no island with fur and the only person that had it killed one of the NPCs because if you destroy all their islands, they are actually out of the game and he owns like half the map. Uh, his military is over more than twice my power and I can't I literally cannot go to engineers because fur coats is a need that they uh, the artisans need and if you don't have that filled you can't have max residency to upgrade them to engineers so unfortunately for that game I'm like Mm, I had to figure out a way to destroy one of his islands if I can do that, which sucks because he has so many islands that go through a couple of my trade routes, so my ships are constantly being attacked. And yeah, it's just not a good time. I haven't deleted the save, but I definitely started over. <laughs> and then that's the one I'm currently on, which again, I was at Engineers, and I made the mistake of not having zinc. I thought I, I was like, I made sure I had fur, grapes, red peppers, salt, like I looked at all of that and then I forgot to look for zinc. So now I'm at war, well, I'm, I am at war, but he's not as strong as the other person I I fought that. I think at this point, if I really wanted to, I could probably just destroy his island, but I want to, I don't want to do that. I, I want to keep everyone in there, but it's really hard to try to <laughs> bring up favor when he's at zero and he doesn't want to accept gifts or anything like that. And then I did start a, another save with the campaign because I was like, huh, I wonder if there was actually more to the campaign. And I just got to the new world and I'm slowly getting back to where I once was. So I may do another Anno episode where I finish the entirety of the campaign or maybe even do it where I talk about all the DLCs. I think that would be fun because I don't own any of these DLCs. I've only been playing vanilla. So going off of the... I'm jumping around a little bit and I apologize for that. But like I said, once you get to the campaign and everything, 
the campaign is really good because it kind of slowly builds you up and all but one of the NPCs are pretty easy to get along with. The other one, if you don't, if you're not quick enough, she will. Her name's Beryl and she's a pain as in she like expands really quickly. So if you don't get islands quick, uh, you kind of SOL. <laughs> she's a pretty big powerhouse that I'm surprised because I, I was playing on normal difficulty, which is like at the, there's normal advanced and expert. And I was playing on normal difficulty and I'm surprised at how hard this person is. The thing is, she doesn't really lose influence or reputation with her, especially because she likes to give you quests too. So it's not hard to not be in war with her, but it's really hard to get an alliance with her anyways. But over that, uh, going over some of the NPC traders that you can meet. You'll meet Archibald Blake, who is the aide to the queen. And you can actually buy ships from him after a certain point. I think once you get your own shipyard, he'll start selling ships. He can sell schooners. He can sell clippers, frigates, ship lines. Um, I've gotten oil tankers from him too. I'm sure he can get other ones. Just like the pirate Anne Harlow, who is the pirate in the old... This is all taking place in the old world. And Anne Harlow is the pirate there. You can get pirate gunboats, pirate frigates, ship of the lines. You can even get a royal ship of the line, which is pretty freaking cool. Uh, and again, those pirate ships are stronger than their counterparts. So I do like... But they also are a lot more expensive. Uh, but they do... They're really cool, and I hi highly suggest you make peace or at least get to trading with the pirates instead of destroying them. Also, there's a beer in this game. is one of the luxury goods that you need to give your residents, and beer can sell for a thousand per ton at the pirates, so it's a great money maker. And the the next NPC is Eli Blackswood or Blacksworth, one of the two. He is a prison warden. There's like a prison island on there. You go to him to buy people, and I'll go. I guess I should go over that and just I'll go over that in just a little bit. By that, uh, he's mainly if you know anything about this game, he's mainly used to sell soap early on because he'll buy soap for like 358 when normally you'd sell it for like 60 so he's a great early game money maker and also when you make soap for the first time you'll be producing a lot more than you'll be needing so you'll definitely have an excess of soap so it's always good to uh have him make a trade route to have your excess soap go to him to sell it and get money same when you reach beer make sure you have enough beer for your island and then sell all the access to the pirates and make a lot of money last we have madame kahina who is the exotic person here uh when i said like certain islands can grow potatoes certain islands could grow wheat fur um hops 
red peppers, all that stuff. Here she can sell an item that basically gives you fertility for that item. Uh, you have to uh, equip it to a trade union. I'll go over that in just a moment when I go over items. Uh, but you use that and you can now, if you have that, you can now grow grain in a place that you normally couldn't. She also sells stuff for your museum and uh, animals for your zoo. Then lastly, we have Isabel Bartez, I think is her last name, in the New World, who's the other last NPC, that she has various items. Uh, she'll have people and items. She has a mix of both. Um, and then Jean... Uh, I forget. I'm drawing a blank on his name. And I, like... Literally just played this yesterday, and I'm drawing to play. He's the pirate in the new world, and he essentially sells military items just like Anne Harlow. Uh, mostly military items uh, for your ships and everything like that. So what are these items? So there are special buildings in the game called trade unions, town halls, harbor, offices, I think think that's it besides the equipment slots you can put on your ships as well there are items and there are people and basically they're just different things that affect your game so like i mentioned there's sales like this sale item and they come in different rarities there's white common green i think it's considered uncommon uh blue rare purple ultra rare epic i don't really know and then I, I forget what purple is called and then orange which is legendary obviously the higher rank it is the better it generally is going to be so like the green sale you can get will just give you like 10 percent movement speed the blue sale will give you 10 percent movement speed and minus 50 percent cargo purple will give you i think I think it's like 20% movement speed and like 50 or 25% uh, cargo weight reduction and stuff like that. So they do get better with uh, you go. And there's not just sales. There's stuff that increases your cannons damage and accuracy. There's stuff that increases your attack range. There's stuff that can help auto repair your ship. There's things that are consumables as well, like the town hall are usually stuff that will affect your residencies. And by that, you could get, so how I said a worker house or a farmer house maxes out at 10. Workers max out at 25? 20 or 25 maybe it's just 20 and i'm just losing it and artisans 30 like they max out however you can get an item that could be i don't know like there's one that's called like income tax law or something like that where uh it'll increase all residents and so in the radius because there would be a radius for this town hall by 10 percent so any resident in that town hall now gives you 10% more money. There's also ones that can be like, oh, gives you 20% more workforce, but minus three happiness. As long as you have all their luxury needs fulfilled, that happiness 
isn't squat. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the things I've I've seen most people go after is usually like either the income or the workforce or like residency added to it. And just like those, there are different grades. So you can have one that can, I think the most I've seen was like plus 50% workforce, which was amazing. Uh, and then you have, those are town halls, which affects your residencies. Then you have trade unions, which will affect all your production buildings, your farms and stuff like that. Those are the ones that if you need fertility, you're going to need to make a trade union and put the fertility item in there. But there's also other ones you can get that is like one that I can't, I seem to almost always get is plus 40% productivity to all animal farms. What that means is if it was making one ton of animals per minute, that will make 1.4 tons per animals per minute. So if you say put this on a pig farm and you're doing pigs, which is one minute, you get one one pig per minute to a sausage, which is needs one pig per minute to make one sausage because it's one for one. If you have a trade union, now the pig is actually going at 1.4. So if you look at productivity, that one for one, now the green bar will be slightly more. So over time, you'll obviously have more pigs. So there's things like that. Or there's also, I've gotten one where it's like maintenance costs reduced by 30%, reduced by 75%, which is really good because every product production building you have is going to have you have a maintenance thing and that can severely go into your income and i'll talk about that in a little bit because i realize i haven't talked about that and also there's other ones like some of the rare ones can have multiple things like there's one that's like plus 50 percent productivity for all steelworks minus 30 percent workforce needed but plus 30 percent chances of fire just put a fire department there and catch it on fire boom you have it covered now you have plus 50 percent productivity and minus 30 percent workforce which is really good and so the way to make money in this is your residencies basically give you a tax and the workers you are essentially getting one gold per house or per person per house so at max you can only get 10 gold per house of the work or the farmers then you go into the workers and they can give you a max of like 28 or like 30 coins if their full needs are taken and also if you look at their luxury needs it'll tell you if you hover over it how much you're getting like for instance beer will give them plus two happiness but plus 11 coins or money per that house if the beer is fulfilled so sometimes it is good to get some of those luxury needs done some luxury needs like i think they need a church will only give will give you like plus 12 happiness and that's it no money so it's up to you to decide if it's worth it to get or not 
So that's how you make money. Also through trading, obviously, like how I said, there's uh, you could trade Eli early on for soap because they're like $300 and later on beer with the pirates because they sell for a thousand per ton, which is insane. And you'll probably have a stockpile of beer before you even get like trading rights with her. So you'll easily get money like bam, like that. But you just have to be careful because there is maintenance costs for all your buildings and that's where it gets you most of the time uh the big ones are going to be your like factories like your steel works your weapon factories those easily go for like uh the beginning is like 200 and then like glad or once you get to spectacles and stuff it's like 500 a building a minute that's taken away so you need either a lot of engineers and everything to make a lot of money. Artisans, engineers, those are where your big money comes in. And obviously investors, the highest rank you can get. You can easily get, like, be making 20K a minute, even with all this maintenance costs. So you just got to be very careful with it. One of the things people, I always see when I look up, like, when I was looking up tricks and stuff is when you're first starting out if you're a new person first starting out don't make steelworks right away when you can make it hold off until you get to artisans artisans can help offset that and you can archibald blake sells steel beams so if you need steel beams you can buy it off him for now but hold off on that because it needs a lot of workforce it needs like 200 workers for one steelwork building that helps makes steel beams and that's not even including the mines and the uh, furnace that you'd have to build to get the iron mine the coal to get to uh, the furnace to make the steel beams before you even get into the steel works so you got to be very careful when you make new buildings because of maintenance costs and everything like that so one thing uh, I also want to talk about is how I mentioned a little earlier of going to war, destroying an island. When you take over an island, you have two ways to take over an island, military might and economic might. So during the game, you can actually buy shares of other NPCs island. When you buy shares, you get a portion of the profit. However, they could be really expensive. Like the one of the, the first campaign I was doing, Barrel, one of her shares was like 800k and you got uh, you would make a thousand per minute and you might think i'm paying 800k for only a thousand per minute you may not think that's a lot but it is especially if you have random other uh plenty of like factories going all that maintenance costs and now you don't even now you're getting more money with her because she's going to continue to rise and when that rises her shares rise you get more money it may start with 1k and may go to end up being like 1400 and if you buy another share now you're making 2800 that 800k you're going to get back easily as long as you stay positive and eventually you can buy five shares have complete shares on them but then you would have to buy out their city which is going to be like three times the price of a share so if it was like 800k to buy it it's gonna be almost two mil to buy it once and that's after you have all five shares 
or you can do military and use your ships and everything to uh, destroy it and bring the morale down. But the problem is they normally have, by the time you have like a sizable navy, they'll have like five or six turrets set up and if they have a flame turret which decimates wooden ships it is very hard to attack and take over an island when they have like five or six ships if uh, you don't have the right equipment but one thing i will say is when you either when you destroy a ship you can either take over all the shares or take over the island I generally take over the island because usually if I'm destroying the island, I want it for some reason. But even if you if you buy them out, which is buying all the shares and then buying the island or destroying them, everything on that island gets destroyed. You don't take everything from that island and don't just like assume control over it. Everything gets wiped out and you have to start from scratch. So... If you're watching this and uh, or you're listening to this and you're playing and you don't know that, just to let you know, that is what happens when you take over the island, whether military might or economically. So just be aware that everything gets destroyed. Though, if I had to say wars aren't really worth it because they're a pain in the ass, especially if you have trade routes that end up crossing over one of their paths or stuff like that you'll constantly be like your ship is under attack and you'll have to waste time either escorting your ship or stuff like that so if you can't completely destroy them outright i would strongly recommend at least staying friends until you can or buy them out <laughs> i've been at war twice both times are not fun at first it was kind of fun because i was destroying some ships and they dropped something and i've gotten some legendary equipment from them and i'm like oh this is awesome and it's fun for like the first 30 minutes and then afterwards it's like your ship is under attack your ship and you're just like you're constantly trying to progress and then now you have to worry about trade routes because now they're getting blocked so now your money is going away and now you have to spend more money trying to get more ships and everything or like spending money to give them gifts to try to raise their thing up to try to get non-aggression and it can just be a pain <laughs> to deal with so i would say especially if you're new newer to it like me try to avoid war as much as you can but overall it is a really fun city builder game I can't wait to explore all that it has to be and like the DLCs there is like 12 DLCs out for this game and there's a couple DLCs that bring you to whole new regions so you have the old world the new world there's one called land of the lions there's one uh, I forget which one it is uh, I think it's sunken treasures I know you can dive for treasures and get everything but you get a new world there called like Cape Canaveral or something like that and it's like a huge ass island and that's where people build like big metropolises there because you just have so much room to build there I haven't bought any DLCs and I already have almost a hundred hours in it and I'm still having fun I can't wait till I get more DLCs that like easily help progress the game or like just add the whole new 
worlds and everything, just be aware that all the other NPCs can go to the other worlds as well and populate them. So just be wary about that. But I think the first DLC I'm going to get is the Season 2 pass because it comes with like Land of Lions, Bright Harvest, and something else. I mostly just want the Bright Harvest because that is... I've heard it's one of the best DLCs to get, especially because it helps reduce like farming and everything, and it it just has so many good things about it. It, please guys, you, if you are interested at all in any city builder games, or like if you like Factorio, a satisfactory where you have to try to get like the most efficient way possible you're gonna love this game so i highly recommend it check it out it's becoming one of my favorite games but i think i said enough i think i'm gonna call it there so thank you guys all so much oh wait no question of the day if you guys have played this or if you guys own dlcs what is your guys's favorite dlc if you don't what is your favorite aspect of the game I want to know because I want to know what DLC to get. As of right now, from looking at it, I think Bright Harvest, if I had to be specific, although I really do like uh, the Sunken Treasures as well. But thank you guys all for watching it. That will be all for this episode, so don't forget us. Just show some love and support at patreon.com slash And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WeSpawn. And you can contact us at WeSpawn at gmail.com. And we have that fan-made subreddit, WeSpawn, on Reddit. Thank you guys all. Once again, I've been your host, Bobby. And I'll see you guys all next time when we WeSpawn.